Iowa everywhere. We recommend listening to the CW Pod with a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Mm. Grown, distilled, well-rested, and bottled in Erling, Iowa. Now, from the Channel Seed Studios, this is the CW Pod, fueled by Steeple Ridge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's CW Pod. We're recording at 9.15 in the morning. Uh, we are presented by our friends at Steeple Ridge Bourbon. My friend Ross Peterson is with me. Would it be okay with you to pour a little Steeple Ridge in the coffee, or is it too early? It's. I have a big meeting coming up here at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Can we not do that right now? No, that's I, fine. I, I, listen, I love me some Steeple Ridge. We've talked about this on your pod before. Um, most of my family lives just, up in Wisconsin. Just a I, listen, no is my answer even though I love Steeple Ridge. <laughs> the last time we were here, in fact, we talked about uh, this one, the, black the, the single barrel. Yes. That was the favorite. one I took up to Wisconsin with me to make old fashions. And my uncle, who's a bourbon connoisseur, yes. tried that and said, straight out, tried that straight and said, best bourbon he thinks he's had. How about we meet in the middle? Okay. And I'll offer you the um, 92 proof. So then it, you won't get too messed up for your meeting. <laughs> the idea is to be not messed up a smidge <laughs> for the meeting. So no is the answer. You're already going to no get me wrong. No. You know what? You might, you, by the time we're done with the conversations, if we if we hit the topic list that you told me we're going to touch on today, I'm going to need several shots of that. Well, uh, it's good to have you. Thanks for taking yeah, the time. Thank you for inviting me up How's here, everything brother? going? I was thinking it, about you because... Uh, with Downs leaving. Yeah, I'm glad we... I, I wanted to make sure we talked about that. And we didn't even... Yeah. He's actually going to come sit down with me next week. Good. Yeah. Good. We'll he, do a that will be a lot thing. of fun, and I will... Uh, uh, I'll make sure I listen to that. We talked about this this morning on the Morning Rush. We had Andrew on with us, man. That That's a guy that's a true um, bunker mate of mine. I hate to use that war analogy, but... No, I know what you mean. For 15 years, I've worked at the station for 20 for those first five years, I was kind of a lone wolf there. I, I was such a young kid at WHO. I was the youngest employee by about 20 years. Cheryl Panier was about the next youngest, and she was 20 years older than me. She's passed away now. I mean, Cheryl I, I, passed away? Cheryl passed away, yeah, uh, 2013. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I've been to so many oh, funerals from I'm my sorry. friends at, at WHO. Yeah. Andrew also. Andrew, I remember the day he walked in for an interview. I forgot that Cheryl passed away. Yeah, Christmas she, Day. Sweetheart. Yeah, she was a great lady. Had a lot of those, man. A lot mm -hmm. of wonderful people that I worked with, and Andrew is one of them. You're obviously on the near the top of that list. Travis is one of my best friends. Um, I knew Andrew's brother in high school, and then out of out of high school, he and I partied together a lot. We actually, uh, uh, do you know the story of me of us lighting his yes. his car on fire? I actually, just saw him. Saw Brian yesterday. A lot of people know Brian Downs. Yeah, he's he's the best. He's yeah, all of Andrew's whole family is that way. It's funny. I was texting Andrew yesterday because I saw I bumped into Brian, and then Andrew's dad, you'll Tom. laugh at this, brought me a six pack of Potosi yeah. Stingy Jack pumpkin beer. He just dropped <laughs> it off at my house the other night. So I'm just like I'm running through the Downs family here. But yeah, no. Tom's fantastic. I, I yeah, wonderful people. And Andrew and I, um, you were there for a lot of this also, Chris. But. When things went haywire at KXNO, every time things went haywire at KXNO over the last 15 years, um, 
Andrew and I were either a part of or the guys that were helping pick, pick up, up the pieces. pieces. You and, guys were. Um, yeah, you and I were slayed or tasked to slay the dragon, right? When when Marty and Miller were going back on mm-hmm. the air mm-hmm. and they were putting us up against them. That that sort of mentality was one that Andrew and I picked up from the KXNO side also, where we knew that things were going to get rough and things were going to get serious, and we had to all of a sudden go from being the kids sitting on the sideline to in charge. playing varsity. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and um, man, a lot of really big conversations that I can remember. And, and today, having Andrew on, that w- I just w- they were all kind of rushing back through my head. I was with Andrew when he met his wife. My son was the ring bearer in Andrew's wedding, Andrew and Judy's wedding. Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't know him. I don't love him. Mm-hmm. I love his family, yeah, his yeah. wife, his kids, his brothers, his mom and dad. Uh, there's just like you. And we were so lucky, man, that we were we had we had got to call that work for the majority of my adult life now. Mm-hmm. I got to call work going and hanging out with my buddies and talking sports. And he was our producer at the beginning. I don't think yeah, a lot of for, people were. That's right. Like probably six months or something. Man, he was so exa- poor guy. Yeah. That, it really didn't work, and it wasn't it anybody's didn't. fault because he was just like, this is the, I've done it on Twitter, but now I talk about it with somebody. But I, I've been trying to convey to people on Andrews last week that he's so much more than what you guys hear on Murph and Andy as the producer. Like the amount of, like the other night, me and him were texting. I mean, he was producing like football Friday night. Dude. Like he's in charge. And like it's so hard to <laughs> find reliable people and the these these producers on cakes and all aren't getting rich people. Like so it's it's hard <laughs> to find like good quality or and like but he's the guy when when I would come in on Saturdays, even before our tenure, to do post game with Whitford, Downs would be in there getting us hooked up. Yeah. Um, but when you guys weren't there and like, you know, it, it was, a uh, um, and I, I learned real early just how much he put into that place and really I'll say this, he won't say it, but he probably never got rewarded for everything he did for that place. Not even close. Yeah. And, and all the, I, I, I could elaborate on every single point you just made there. They're all true. Yeah. Um, I will just tell this story quickly. Last Saturday, so not not bye week for the Hawkeyes, the night that oh. they are, it's bye week for Minnesota Iowa State, uh, Minnesota game. I look down the hall. You you understand the setup. I'm in WHO mm-hmm. and there's clear windows, clear windows. That's redundant. Yeah. It's there designed are, that way. <laughs> there are windows that go all the way through every every yeah. wall so that you can see in every studio. I saw Andrew down in the KXNO studio. Sitting down, I'm like, what the heck's he doing here on a Saturday night? So I went down there, popped open the door. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, not much. Br- producing the Iowa Wild. I figured that game. that's where this was going, yeah. And he's the boss, he's in charge. He's in charge. What happened? A, a part timer had called in sick. Yeah. So he's at Saturday, he is hanging out with his wife and his kids. Mm-hmm. And he gets a phone call from a part timer that says, I can't come in to produce, to, to sit down for f- four hours. And run the pregame, three periods, and postgame for the Iowa Wild. Tonight on a Saturday night, Andrew sends out a text to his very few employees because he's not allowed to hire anybody or get actual. Completely neutered they, in that sense. Right. And they and they write back and say, I'm sorry, I we have plans. Yeah. Now it's on you. 
So now you cancel your plans with your family and you go in there and you don't get to claim that he's not an hourly employee. Yeah, he's not so getting paid extra. He, got, he gets nothing for that. And and it is, you, you've nailed it, man. It is the way of the world. It's the a labor supply and demand world. Mm-hmm. I tell people this all the time. Like, and we used to talk about this. Being on the air every year, think of the number of kids that graduate from Grandview University with a broadcasting degree. And how many of them want to be on the radio? Let's just say it's a half dozen, which is a really low number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's might be 10 times that some years. But let's say it's six kids. That's six kids that show up at my boss's door every year and say, I want Ross's job. I want Andrew's job. I want Chris's job. I want Murph and Andy's job. And I will do it for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll pay you to be here. Yeah, that's like how you talk about got the, the spot. The, that's how it works. Yeah, and the boss's job is to and make you. We did you, that too. We did too. That's how we got there. Yeah. That's how I got there. I scrapped for every single loose well, item. You and I Andrew could find. were kind of like a tag team, is how I always viewed it. Like I wasn't an outsider. I was kind of like I wasn't full time there for a while, but I was always in the building. Right? I yeah. did the racing show for KXNO. I yeah. did post game stuff. I I had a key. We'll put it that way. I wasn't a full-time D, I, but I was doing all that for free. All of it. I wasn't even paid right. for any of that. Right. Like, and you saw, like when you say Andrew and I were a tag team, I love to hear you say that. Andrew and I saw it that way all along. From very early on, Andrew didn't want to be on that side of the glass that we were on. He wanted to be a producer. He wanted to be behind the board. He really saw himself as kind of a Dr. Dre type of character, right? That yeah, yeah. He wanted to be the guy that got to call more of the shots and not necessarily be out in the spotlight all the time. But he's really good out there. So mm-hmm. Murph and Andy, because this is what Murph is good at, recognizing people's talents and highlighting that. He he was able to pull Andrew in into all those perfect situations that helped Andrew flourish early on. In those mo- in those years where when Andrew and I were having that conversation of me moving to that other side, because I did start as a producer. I started hitting the buttons and doing all that behind-the-scenes stuff. And I same thing on WHO. I was finding myself more and more on that other side of the glass and enjoying it and going, mm-hmm. ah, this is where I feel more at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. Andrew and I had a, had, had a very real conversation about that, about here's the direction I'm going to go, here's the direction I'm going to go, Let's divide our powers and conquer here. And we, and um, so this is, yeah, it's really a hard thing to kind of wrap my head around. I've been listening to a lot of stuff lately that seems because this is the way the world works. Yeah. You know, God puts these things in your life. And I've been listening to a lot of stuff about teamwork and camaraderie and mm-hmm. these people that you go through these trials with in your life, um, the bond that comes with that. And I keep hearing Andrew and all of this stuff. Yeah. You know? I remember my first real experience with him. I I knew him. Uh, I was in, and this this is how I got my start. I, I always filled in for Miller and Days. I was their guy. And then I did the same with Ken Miller. And I again, I'd do it for free. I would just go in there, and yeah. which is fine. I was, you know, agreeing to do it. It was giving me a platform to give me a shot to eventually land with you in the afternoons. And Andrew was Steve and John's producer. Yeah, that's right. And I just went in there one morning at 6 a.m. and just started talking to Andrew when he started doing this. Mm-hmm. And he he had gone kind of like, he had never really been on the air before. Because it's Steve and John, right? They don't right. have guests. It, they don't read. And, and they don't need any help. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> those, those are talk- two monologuers. Yeah. yeah, right. And Andrew and I just hit it off yeah. on the air that day. Because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. That, Andrew Andrew's a guy you hit it off with. That was the start. And Listen, you might not like Andrew. A lot of people would say, well, I don't like Andrew's politics. 
Yeah. Have you ever met Andrew Downs? If you've if you've met him, and I he is one of those guys. If you meet him, you walk away and go, I like that rational guy. dude. I like yeah. him. He's a human guy, not a politics guy. Is yeah, like right. Exactly. It. Well, I mean, I, lo- I would say the same thing about you because you you lean conservative. Yep. Andrew leans liberal. liberal, and he and I have. He doesn't main, lean liberal. He is. He is liberal. very liberal, and um, I'm conservative. You're, and, you are conservative, and yeah. he and I have maintained. I I I've said that this morning also. Something I had never even thought of or verbalized was the thing I said this morning. He and I have maintained our relationship and friendship in a time when that's very difficult yeah. to do yeah. when you don't see eye to eye politically. And uh, yeah, and, and it, it helps that it's because of all these other trials and stuff that we went through in our professional life. But Well, it's a, in our business, it's a monumental week because he's just been the one yeah. consistent thing there through all the change i mean going back the, to miller and days remember the first time we hung out together remember the first time that we sat we were, down at a table and did this i believe we were cutting promos for that racing show that oh, i did right know, okay what i was thinking was was the day we golfed in a oh yeah well that was event. the urbandale country club event right yes and yeah. we and and we ended yeah. up sitting down together and so and, but i had known you because I used to do back when iowa speedway was hot yeah. now it's it's picking back up yeah, how about which that is, yeah, this is we, great yeah but back when Iowa Speedway was like selling out like nationwide races and stuff like that in IndyCar, I did this pre-race show for KXNO and the Speedway, which was like a dream for me. Like yeah. I would have done that for free for the rest of my life because I just enjoyed it so much. But yeah, I went in there and cut promos and stuff, and you were you were my guy. I remember that was I the remember first time Andrew I think saying, I uh, "Chris is going to work for Chris is doing this Cyclone thing right now. He's going to work for NASCAR someday." I remember that. <laughs> I wish. And That's what I, I wanted I, back I, then. I can remember sitting there and you started with these awful takes about candy corn. No, we, okay, you want to get into it now? We get into whatever you I want. Saw but you, I do remember. I remember early on thinking, "Is this a bit?" It's no bit, <laughs> Ross. You know how many times people have said to me with stuff on you, dude? How many times people have been like, "Hey, uh, I love, I love it when you and Chris are talking." Hey, that thing about him not seeing, that's a bit, right? And the thing about whatever, fill in the blank. That thing about blank, that's a bit, right? Go, what you're, do you mean by bit? You're going to love this. So report card time and book fair, you know, they line it up together st- strategically. So when the parents go into the student-teacher conferences, the book fair is going on. I know exactly, yeah. 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 Told Cameron, we're walking in there the other day, if you get a good report, I'll buy you some books. Yep. Fair deal. I knew she was going to get it. Exactly. Yeah, right. She's an angel. The other one will not be an angel. The second one will not get these reports. (laughs) I can promise you. So I give Cameron, dangerously, she's the kid I can trust to give a credit card to. Okay. She's not going to do anything stupid. Right, right. She doesn't know what stupid is yet. Elise would go and ring up $150. Cameron will be, she'll feel bad about buying multiple books. Yeah. The books she picked out were What is Bigfoot? Oh my God. What do we know about crop circles? Um, be, still and then, my, be still my heart. <laughs> there was one about Atlantis. Yes. And then she picked out, and I didn't even know this was made, a chapter book remake for kids remaking the movie Dumb and Dumber. Uh, okay. It's called Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> But it's like a graphic novel, huh? For did you did you read it? I haven't yet. I'm interested in that one. Well, I'm interested. I, I, I in how might they, read it. How they 
But you're you're asking so okay. people are asking is it. it a bit? No, it's not a bit. It's not a bit. It's and my daughter is like naturally doing the yes. same stuff too. By the way, Atlantis. Do you know that they the, have you heard this theory on Atlantis? This eye of the Sahara I thing. I haven't done a ton. I I got real into Bermuda Triangle for a while. Yeah. I never really dove into Atlantis. I probably should. It's fascinating. So there's this thing that the rich it's like underwater, right? The rickshot structure. Not anymore. No, no, it's in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Atlantis no is in the middle of the Sahara. Not in the middle. Here, by the way. Not in the middle. You're not that you need to celebrate it. I just the, like, <laughs> the fucking rickshot. No, I'm, <laughs> fucking Atlantis. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Excuse me. Not safe for work. earmuffs, kids. Earmuffs. A little late. The rickshot structure. R i c h a t. I believe is how it's spelled. Check it out. Check it out. And then when you Google it and you find, I'm going to say shot structure. R-I-C-H-A-T, I believe. The Rishat structure is how it's pronounced. Okay. It's in the, it's in the Sahara Desert. I'll it looks like damned. a giant eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's Look Atlantis, dude. It's Holy Atlantis. shit. They, I mean. Do they, they know this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are people that it's, it's talked about. Wow. Look at that. I'll I have gotten into ancient civilizations so much, Chris, over the last, like, couple of years well those, this guy those on, netflix uh, documentaries will suck you right in did, did they do the ones on like the tombs uh, so i found this guy on youtube that uh talks about the pyramids and it's fascinating these fascinating. pyramids are insane to me like i don't think aliens put Neither these pyramids I. together I, yeah. I truly don't think that but like it also shows you how ridiculous we are as humans yeah. now like we'll just we'll bitch about like we got cranes we got all this stuff like we have power tools and we're all so lazy these people spent their entire existence building these pyramids for like gods that didn't exist think about that well i'm going to send you this guy i there's a dude that thinks he found the actual use of the of the pyramids and breaks it down in a fascinating way you're gonna love it oh i i love that stuff it's fascinating so anyway did you watch real quick and then we'll get into some of the scheduled topics sure did you watch the new thing that Netflix did on Cleopatra? No. It's really good. Uh, see, that's one I don't know much about. Either. Well, so it's kind of like the way I read it. Netflix did a series on the Roman Empire like in 2018. It was like three seasons. Is this why everybody talks? Because I keep seeing this thing of like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? I'm like, <laughs> uh, never. Dude, I, th- I think about it all the time. What? Okay. All right. No, okay. but uh, okay. so <laughs> I think about ancient Egypt. Uh, every, well, if my point time, is, so if you're into be... ancient civilizations, like Rome is like, that's kind of like the cat daddy of it, right? No, no. Egypt is. So if you're into <laughs> Egypt, then you want to watch this Cleopatra. Thing. Okay. Cause it's like the downfall of her. And like, she was, I mean, let's just be honest here. We're going to call a spade a spade. Bit of a hussy. She was very wow. smart, very bright. But what she would do is she would like get these Roman emperors and stuff that she needed favor for and get them into bed. Really? She was so much smarter than they were. And she would take advantage of their... Yeah, they're... Because Egypt yeah. was a different culture. Like everybody was having sex with everybody in Egypt. Yeah. Like it was just a recreational, hey, what are you doing after we build the pyramid today? Come on over. Don't lie, don't lie. And you don't have to say which one. Was there a school in your community that was like that? Red Oak. Yep. I said you don't have to say it. <laughs> in Glenwood. 
And Glenwood? Yeah, if you needed a good time, you went to Glenwood. No kidding. All my buddies, all the old my older friends, they spent their weekends in Glenwood. Wow. Okay. And they would tell stories when they got back. There could have been some embellishment. Did you know that she was with Julius Caesar? Cleopatra was? Yeah, that rings a bell. They had a baby together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their baby. And then Mark Anthony? Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, you got to watch it. It's phenomenal. Okay, all right. Damn. And make Audrey watch it, too. It's very female empowering. Well... By the way, too, <laughs> I promise we're going to move on. So right, I'm doing I, I, the, I, you I was, know me, dude. I'll do this with you for a long I time. I edited it out. So Cammy has her podcast. Okay, yes. And we did a new podcast episode last night. We recorded it on Halloween night. Last week, you'll appreciate this because you love doing stuff with your kids. Me and her watched every Ghostbusters movie. Oh, fun. In the last week. And did you know there's new okay, ones? Okay, hold on. You said every Ghostbusters. Yeah. There's the original Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Then they did a Ghostbusters 2 that kind of sucked. I liked it. It's my favorite. No but kidding. I It's an unpop. It's the one with the painting. Yeah. And, I love it. And Slimer it. is a much bigger role. Yes. Um, did you know that Slimer was created to be John Belushi? Like, so John Belushi was supposed to be a Ghostbuster. I read about this in Vanity Fair last night. He was supposed to be like Bill Murray and he died. So then paying homage to John Belushi, um, what's his name? Aykroyd. Aykroyd created Slimer as like a joke to his friend to look like John Belushi. Yeah. Do you know the scene where the, the, the ghost gets Dan Aykroyd off? Yes. That was, do you know that that was initially supposed to be a much longer scene and is based on a story that Dan Aykroyd claims to be true? Well, Okay, it's all tying together now <laughs> because Dan Aykroyd's like entire family. They're all ghost hunters, yes. like paranormals. They're, they're all like, of them. They're called spiritualists. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a fascinating guy. I'm not a huge Dan Aykroyd fan. Well, he's great in Christmas with the Cranks. He's one of the top guys in that. He's the like czar of the neighborhood. I'm not a big fan of Dan Aykroyd. It's his best work. It, it okay. I'm going to leave all of that out there. I see what you're doing. I see you dangling <laughs> the bait. I see you dangling the bait in front it's of my face. It's almost that season, baby. <laughs> Crank's I'm, time. I've never made it through the movie. <laughs> then you missed out on it's, the dude, touching scene at the end where Tim Taylor gives the cruise tickets to the old man and his dying wife. Tim Allen plays another uh -huh. plays another character named Tim. No, his uh, uh, Crank's his last name. Arnold Crank or whatever Dude, his movie, name is. It's, it's a phenomenal show. It's, off, it's so bad. So you've got Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Okay. In 2016, they created this like feminist version I of the saw, Ghostbusters. I've seen that one, and I actually didn't mind that one. I it's not like bad. It. Um, but it, it has nothing to do with the first two. No. I mean, it's it, it, it's a... Uh, they do rough plays they off do, of it. Yeah. I mean, it starts off with... You know, they're trying to find, yes. yeah, there's a few different, a few storylines that run through. 2021, they release Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is a true sequel to the original Ghostbusters. And I've Ross, never seen this. Ross, and, the, and it gets really good reviews too. This isn't like me saying like, oh, Freddy got fingered. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies because it, like I was tearing up at the end. Oh. Like it brings everything together. And it's from the, the first. It's two. the it's the, okay. All right. I'll, I'll put it this uh, without giving a spoiler. Um, Spangler, the really smart Ghostbuster, mm -hmm. he ends up deceased. Well, yeah, because that's um, oh my gosh, can't think of. It's a shame I can't come up with his name. 
Oh, anyway, yeah, I know you're talking about. And it's his like granddaughter discovers all, like she's a brilliant science mind. Yeah. And she discovers that her grandfather was basically living in the middle of the no of nowhere to save the world from the paranormal. And and she discovers all this and they end up and then like the actual Ghostbusters it. You got me. Dude, you I'm telling me. you, okay. at the end, you will be choked because you're you you feel all the feels. Just I'm like a feeler. I do. I'm a feeler. I was like, I had a lump in my throat. Yeah. Cameron was bawling. Like it, it's phenomenal. And it'd be good for you too, because this March, there's another one coming out. All right. Which is a sequel to that. Sign me up for Afterlife. It's have, it's really good. After, have you seen the Ricky Gervais show Afterlife? No. Oh. Oh. I do like Ricky Gervais. Three, like me se- three seasons of it. It's fantastic. It's all the things that you just said about, about Ghostbusters Afterlife. It, laugh, cry, all the feels. All of them. It's such a good show. Were you a Ghostbusters kid like I was? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, Ghostbusters was huge. Like we had a guy in town who literally turned a hearse into a Ghostbusters car. Yeah. And did all the birthdays. Have you ever seen the Key and Peel Ray Parker Jr. sketch? No. Where uh they, they play on He's the, the guy who sings the he song. He sings right? Ghostbusters. Yeah. And yeah. the and the idea of the sketch is Ghostbusters is not the only movie that he sang a song about. And then it's him. It's Ray Parker's basically singing the plots <laughs> to various <laughs> 80s and 90s movies. I got to see that. Uh, no, it's good. So anyways, back to so Cameron. We're doing this show. We're doing this pod last night and we're talking about. I asked her if she believed in ghosts. And she goes, yeah, I think I do. And she starts talking about why. And honestly, it's like an eight year old. It's very innocent. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then she starts going, but I'll send you the actual audio. I cut it out of the podcast because I didn't want my daughter to get black. Cause I don't trust humans. Like yeah, you're right, one you of shouldn't. the first people you shouldn't. that you're, you're one of the first people that taught me don't trust anybody. Right. They're all out to screw you. And I, I don't I hate to say that. Cause I hate, I feel yeah, like d- hate d- that's d- my d- legacy, but good d- advice. If, if, <laughs> if, if this clip it. of what my daughter said got out on Twitter, people would kill me. And I didn't even do any. I don't know where she got it, but she starts talking about ghosts and she goes, dad, you know what? This is on the air. I think it'd be great if we had another gender. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, she goes, you know, some people think that there's boy colors and some people think that there's girl colors. She goes, I don't think that. She goes, maybe if we had another gender, she was, I I think she was confusing. Like she, she was basically saying we need to acknowledge ghosts is like people, people. but she kept saying, and it came off as this like feminist rant because she is very like, she, (laughs) she, it, it comes off as this like, Hey, transgendered like all the like hot button issues that everybody's bitching about right now and i'm yeah. like oh my god if that's like somebody would cut that up some troll with an anonymous yeah. username on twitter and they would like accuse me of like planting like liberal seeds in my and poisoning my daughter's brain no here's right here's where the uh, here's what i'm hearing came in i would love to hear the actual audio. i'll send you the audio but like i'm walking through lowe's the other day okay and I get back by the toolbox section, and they have these uh, like I get that Tim Taylor oh man more power stuff. They have this bright pink.
paint. And I mean, we're talking like the big ass steel rolling. St- oh, I've seen you know that, what I mean? Ross. They have this one that's all pink. All pink. It's it is a badass heavy duty. Yeah, it's like a cobalt. Like, yeah, and yeah. It, it's but it's called like big pink or something like that. Uh. You know, in case you in case you have any one of them lady mechanics. Yeah, you can get yourself a pink toolbox. I'm walking through Target the other day. Uh, they have pickleball sets. You can buy a, a pickleball set has two paddles and two balls. That's all that's in it. It's sixty dollars, by the way. Jesus, two wiffle balls. Man, these pickleballs just kind of take pickleball's off. Crazy. You can get three different types of pickleball sets, Chris. You can buy a gray one. It's black and white, and it kind of has some gray, and it's kind of a neutral color. If you're a man, you can get the blue one. If you want to show people that you're a man that plays pickleball, <laughs> but if you're one of them lady pickleball players, <laughs> see that's they've what also camera the, it pisses her off. It, it should piss you off. Yeah, she it doesn't should, like it. And it should use. And again, I'm no feminist. I'm no. I am a feminist. Actually, I prefer women. I think women des- deserve yeah. special treatment. They're better than we. They are. They're way better than we are. Uh, but we need to just have all females in charge of the world. But that's what I hear Kami saying. There is like, man, why yeah. has everything got to be? In in like somehow she was saying like, man, if we could just like get along with the ghosts, they could teach us something. Is what she was like leaning into. Yeah, but right. it came off. Kids right about that too. By the way. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of long, ongoing conversations we've had that we haven't been able to update people on with our thoughts. One is Jim Harbaugh. Two is you've been ranting about candy corn again. Three is this um, Rudy conversation that we've had for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Let's start with Harbaugh. Okay. So I actually thought I had one up on you. Uh, we, we've had a lot of these ongoing conversations and, uh, you know, we've discussed this, that when you give opinions for a living, you're going to be wrong a lot, a lot. And you just got to be okay with it yeah. and not get, you know, get afraid to be wrong because then that's when you really start to suck. If you don't believe in your opinions, yep. I always really liked Harbaugh. I thought he would be a winner at Michigan. I didn't know if he would necessarily win a national title because it's hard for a Big Ten team mm-hmm. to do that. Like we just, you don't see it much historically. It's just generally the SEC, and every once in a while, Florida State or Clemson will win one. Harbaugh is starts taking off, starts beating Ohio State. He's puffing his chest out. Um, he he has a little bit of the NCAA stuff, but I don't think it's a big deal, especially in today's day and age. That didn't really phase me. Yeah. Now we have this sign stealing thing. Yeah. And I wrote a piece in the athletic this morning that was, it blew my mind. I read it at like five 30 in the morning and basically Bruce Feldman and Max Olson went and they anonymously interviewed 50 coaches in college football <laughs> about what Harbaugh his allegedly his staff has been doing. This guy's like a Navy seal or what he's like a yeah, Marine. Yeah, yeah. He's a really sharp guy yep. who's got going around doing this. And these guys are ranking this basically uh, like a 10 out of 10 on the bad scale, like what not to do, just blatant cheating. And it does all coincide with when they started winning. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason. If you watch Michigan play, they have really good players. We can all see that. But when when this stuff started happening is when they kind of changed, turned the corner. Yeah. And 
I have to admit, you you thought Harbaugh would self implode at some point. I think it probably took a little longer. Long, which and, and than I you thought and it would. It's man, what an interesting conversation, Chris. Because I actually kind of that time that when he started beating Ohio State, I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, good for you, man, good for you. You came back to where where you've what we would call home. You did the thing that you really needed to do, which is beat Ohio State. What he really needs to do is win that national title. Yeah, but he beat Ohio State. That was the first rung on that ladder. Now he's continuously beat Ohio State. There's no way you can deny this. The correlation of of the two things that this cheating scandal started to happen when you look when you when you date it back, it goes back to right around the time they turned the corner. Now, I am of the firm belief that he, they're just the ones that got caught. This is going to be like Bill Self in Kansas, agree. you know where. Five years from now or seven years from now, whenever the NCAA finally comes around to punishing on this, it's going to be a lot. We're going to be like, well, this was happening all over the board. It was happening everywhere. I mean, this idea of advanced scouting is never going to go away. There's no way you could ever. What the the what this guy what they did that was wrong was he was videotaping it and they were doing the electronic thing. And it was so brazen. Yes. How they did it. Like they didn't give a shit. And or they were just that dumb. And I don't think it was dumb because like you said, man, it's a, these are, maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's arrogance. I just can't believe this guy was using his own name. And like, they're alleged now to like have been on the central Michigan sidelines watching Michigan state. Like all, all this stuff can be tracked, dude. Yeah, it, like, This it, is not it was hard. All done electronically. And they've all left the digital footprints all over the place. It's right. crazy. Um, Harbaugh has lasted longer than I thought he was going to. I thought it would be like a three to five year run yeah. and he would be bouncing out of there. And I also said it was going to be like Don Mattingly or any, anytime somebody comes home like that, there's only one way it can work titles. That's it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you get fired. Are you in Pat Fitzgerald? Yeah. Who would have been the exception to this rule of like, well, you don't even have to win. He's at Northwestern and he's keeping the reputation alive. Would you take him at Iowa? Absolutely. I would too. Absolutely. I, I uh, had this talk with John Miller uh, a couple days ago after the Brian Ferentz thing broke. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Iowa fans, and, and I, I get it. Like, Iowa fans are used to our buddy Mike Palm always makes this point out at Circa. He's an Iowa. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's like, what in the hell is it with Iowa? The coaches never leave. Because, <laughs> like, you know, around the country. Guys are there for five years and then they move on. And like Iowa coaches stay for 20 years. Yeah. McCaffrey's on his way to doing it. Bluter's done it. Brands has done it. Before that, it was right. Like this is what they do. Hayden was there forever. Mm-hmm. Y'all have had two coaches in like 50 years. In on. my entire, I'm 45 yeah, years crazy. old. Two coaches. So I think Iowa fans are like, if Kirk hangs it up, oh, let's just bring in this LeVar Woods. Everybody likes him. They've had great special teams. I, I personally think y'all are setting the bar way too low with this new deal that you're going into this new big, t- you're, you're Ross. It's like, think back to when that would be like the Yankees or not the Yankees, uh, put it this way, that it would be like the Rays being like, ah, oh, we're just going to promote our pitching coach when you can go out there and get in the NLE in yeah. the ALEs it, back in the day when right. it was so it's strong. Good, good analogy there. Right. I, I think that, one, you call Bob Stoops and you offer him $10 million a year. Iowa can afford it in this new Big t- Big Ten. You can afford it. Or 
you, you got to swing for the fences. A guy like Fitzgerald, like the, don't just settle. And, and maybe LeVar Woods will come on and be the next Kirk Ferentz. I don't know. I don't think he will, though, because it's hard to replace that guy unless you have a bigger stature. And LeVar Woods will always be a Kirk Ferentz guy. Chris, I don't know what the right. It's a really big problem, and 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 it's racing at you right now. If you're Beth Getz, you just hit the accelerator on it, so you better have a plan. Yeah, on what's going to happen because um, with the way that Kirk has responded and reacted to to the firing of Brian, um, I think that the train's coming. They better hope he retires. I, I think, think he does. I think he. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Because it's my gut right around. But if so, he's this old curmudgeon, seventy-year-old man sticking around just to spite people, then like, you're in big trouble for yeah. the next couple of years. Because so, you're going up. Like your Big Ten West is gone. Yep. Everything changes next year. Yeah. And you're right. I've said the same thing. Swing for the fences here. And if the if, if here's the crappy thing, if you're a Hawkeye fan, here's what that probably means. This is the it's. First of all, we have to acknowledge the end of Kirk Ferentz is going to happen. So it's just a conversation about when and how that, what that looks like. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Norm Parker, or I'm sorry, Phil Parker is a big part of this. Mm-hmm. What is, because that, that got brought up this morning on, uh, on our morning show. What happens with Phil Parker? And do you just hand him the reins? Here's the truth. We all know it. It's hard to say it. A new coach has to bring in new coaches. Correct. The athletic director has to have a good relationship with the head coach. Unless it's Stoops. I could see Stoops keeping Phil Parker. That could happen. And I could see Phil Parker being like, oh, yeah, I'd work for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's a hawk. And they know each other. I'm sure they've, I mean, I don't know. I think it's the one job, Iowa fans, I'm sorry. You're going to get tired of me saying, I think it's the one job Stoops would take. Going back home. Ferentz is his good buddy. How old is he? 60 something still? Yeah. Yeah, he's late 60s. Um, I think it's the one I, job he would take. Chris, I don't, I don't think know. he'd go to Florida State. I don't think he'd go. I think he would go to Iowa. It's going to, we will know by Beth gets higher and by her, if we could know what her short list is, we'll know what her priorities are. Can you hire Fitzgerald if you're Beth gets with the I don't Iowa know. And, and history you know, Chris, with like, the. You asked me if I would take Pat Fitzgerald and I'd jump at that and say yes, right? I think he's now, great. Now, do I think that he's going to win in that new Big Ten? Uh, that That's I don't a good know. Question. That I don't know. Would he maintain Iowa's re, uh, relationship and reputation? And uh, you know, is he? It was. He, does he seem like a fine man to me? A lot like Kirk Ferentz. Absolutely, he does. And he gets Iowa because obviously he's from there and he's he's done all that. So, what's your priority? Is your priority to win? Because if your priority it is has to, to be, it has to be to win. And I don't know if he's the right guy. If your priority is winning, if it's not, then. Then, then you're going to be Purdue, and, or you're going to be Illinois. Or you, like Chris, I was, there's a lot. There's there, that is a rampant attitude amongst Iowa fans. I get that, dude. You get this all the time with Iowa State. You've been a big part of trying to change this attitude from the absolute gutter at Iowa State yeah. to where it is right now. Iowa fans are stuck in this thing of like, "Hey, man, we're Iowa. What do you want? Yeah. What do you expect? You're Iowa, dude. I, I'm telling you this as an outsider." Because my team is on the outside looking in, right? The Big 12s are finally going Absolutely. forward. They're going to make a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. I actually think it's the best thing ever for Iowa State because now I, I they're punching it its own way. I totally agree. Enough being and that the, conference is, I said it the day it was all out, that conference can be just fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it'll be fun. Yep. Like, in, you're enough being the featherweight trying to punch at the heavyweight. Right. Like, you're never going to win that way long term. Now they can. They could be a top five program in that. I league. think it's all working out 
the way it should. But yeah. if you're Iowa, like I'm looking at Iowa though, and you're at the big leagues. Yes. So and, and you're, don't and you're, make decisions like you would have made it 20 years ago. Make a big league decision. You started to get into soccer a little bit for a while, right? I did, yes. And and anybody that's a soccer fan knows that there is a big separation between the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. There are about seven clubs at the English Premier League that that are perennial contenders. Now, every once in a while, you get a Norwich City, you get a Swansea City, you get a team that flashes into relevance and then fades back away for a while. Iowa is one of those teams. We flash into relevance. Okay, now here's what's changing. That relevance pool is getting bigger. You're going to have the college football playoff. The, the Big Ten is going to start getting a lot more West Coast exposure. Yes. All of this is going to change how big that, that relevance pool is. And now you've got a chance to become not necessarily a perennial powerhouse, but certainly hasten that cycle. Well, and then like all the excuses people give me for like, well, well, we need this for recruiting. They know how to recruit. To, like to me, like those those arguments are just so tired because it's not like that anymore at all. It, it, it's about money and Iowa's always going to have a head start when it comes to in-state and local and all that stuff. You got to be able to one develop, but most importantly, it's, it's, it's your financial situation, which Iowa does not have as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Iowa state can use that as an excuse because you, you know, but this new big 10 thing, and eventually we're going to get to the spot where they're sharing television revenue with the players. And mm-hmm. the next five years, we'll be I at that right. spot. I think you're right. And That's... then these Big Ten players are going to be making three times more than these other leagues. So, like, I, it's less of a, oh, well, you know, LeVar Woods knows the recruiting territory. Like, eh, I'm sure he's a fine recruiter. I mean, he's a and, really and he good coach. He seems like a wonderful man yeah, and, and he, all that. Everybody raves about him. He might do a great him. job. I don't know. But you shouldn't just be like, yeah, that's that's what we always thought would happen. He's so the we're next gonna guy in line. So we should let him have the job. I, I, Chris, I completely agree with you. If he's the right man for the job, let him have the job. And I think he'd do a wonderful, would, would do Correct. wonderful. Shoot for the stars. I also don't think that it's been talked about enough that a new AD, it, I would find it hard to believe that her first big hire, maybe her only big hire, depending on how it goes, would just be like, I'm going to promote the special teams coach into this new era. Like that seems hard to me. I've been very believe. public about, I have a short list and it's one name. Who's that? Dion. Prime time. That'd be sick. I want Coach Prime in the Tiger Hawk. Oh my God. That'd be great for us. Did you hear uh I did a pod with I'm Keeler? Jo- I'm kind of joking about it. I did a pod with Keeler a few oh, weeks no ago. No way. I haven't talked to Keeler forever. So he covers Prime. No way. Yeah, for the Denver Post. He's the their league columnist. Oh, dude. How so, I missed that. So there's been like three of these deals where Prime's like gone off on tangents that Keeler asked the question. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to get to. We're gonna have to get Keeler on. Yeah, you should. It's Love great. Yeah. And he's. Oh, oh my God. He he made a great. He was comparing Dion. I was like, "What's it like?" He's like, "Well, it's a lot like covering Kirk Ferentz, except his kids are good." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go back and listen to the podcast. Oh, Keeler, man, he just says it. Uh, we and always just, liked him. He uh, just fucking roast Dion too. Like he just. Keeler is one of those dudes, man. He's got a story to tell. First of all, his story to tell. Oh, uh, but he, the, Keeler is a guy that's well respected amongst the, he's the those best. of us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the worst things that ever happened to our media scape in Iowa was losing him. Was losing him. Yeah, completely. Agree. Man, we've lost some really good ones over. Well, the years. we just lost, and I, I get it. And guys like me are part of the reason why. 
I can understand the hypocrisy for a guy, a fan site guy like me saying this, but we've lost all, not all. Cause I would say a guy like you, you know, fails, gives commentaries, uh, who are just disconnected from these universities. Mm. You're a Hawkeye fan, but you're not connected to them. Like yeah. it's, it's different. I'm, I'm meaner to Iowa than I am Iowa State. Hassel's the same way. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um, but we, we've lost the guy or gal, whatever, with who doesn't give a shit. Yep. And will just blow anybody up if they need it. And you that was, Keeler used to be that in our state. I think you can see that in the way that Kirk Ferentz has reacted his press conference, and again, I know this is not everybody will be hearing this today, or but the press conference that he had immediately after Brian was the, the announcement was made that Brian won't be coming back. He does, he reacts different. He reacts to Chad Leistico, says to Chad Leistico, Well, those are your words, not mine. Yeah, he's getting when, very tested. He's getting that little, and that's I, I hope he leaves, and it's mostly for his legacy because I just. I find it really hard to believe that an offensive coordinator worth a damn is going to go there. And and you're also based on the facts that I know and the people I've talked to, you're kind of stuck in this Cade McNamara thing, Yeah. which maybe he bounces back. And I actually, for his sake, I hope he does. He seems like a fine young man, but he's had too bad. And you know, like my whole thing is if, if Kirk makes this next OC hire, like, well, he, can he really at 69 or whatever he's going to be, can you really swallow his pride and be like, oh, we need to modernize Dude, old dogs, new tricks, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be, he's been coaching football one way for a lifetime. Yeah. And, and we're here, just here at the now. very end at the finish line. You're going to say, Hey, by the way, release some of that control. I made the comparison to the old farmer this morning too, Chris. We used to talk about this when I would go on those tractor rides. Yeah. You know, I, they would send me, I, I was 25 years old. I looked like I was 17 and they would send me out on these WHO tractor rides to tell farmers where to park their tractors in, in, in open fields, all right? The, the, and it instantly set into me what I was doing. Here's a guy that's 70 years old has never had a boss. And I'm not talking about Kirk Ferentz. I'm talking about the farmer, but I'm talking about Kirk Ferentz. Here's a guy that has spent a lifetime without anybody looking over his shoulder with no real boss because he was Gary Barta's boss. Yeah. And he, farmers get to decide everything. Yeah, I'm planting today. I'm planting today. Starting harvest right now. I'm pulling that rock out of the field. Yep. That tree doesn't go there anymore. We're this tear week, down that fence and we're going to move boom, it. You know, but all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's rolling his tractor through an open field, and some 16 year old pimple face hey. is pointing a direction and yelling at him. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Right? And that's what this, that's to, to Kirk Ferentz, this has to feel a little bit like that. And I'm sorry, but in this scenario, Beth Getz is that 16 year old looking pimple face who has shown up interim AD is her title. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 20 some years before you were even out of school. I was, I was here calling the shots and now you fire my kid in the middle of the season, which is totally against everything I've when ever I'm said. Six and two. Yeah. <laughs> and in his mind, they should be seven and one. Right. So like, I get it. I, I if, do too. If he, if he's angry and wants to walk away, I get it. But I also see this as they laughed at us in our face as they lied to us for years and said, he doesn't report to Brian, to, to Kirk. He reports to the AD because there's these rules in place. Ha 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 ha. ha. Yeah. And now all of a sudden that person, that, that athletic director says, oh, that's right. That's my job to fire the person when they suck. I'm going to fire them. They go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't consult me. <laughs> 
Well, you laughed at us for years and tried to and lied to us in our face. Yeah, I don't. Kirk did this to himself. Absolutely, and I and I. That's the way to put it. Made your bed, lie in it. It sucks. Boy, that that was an uncomfortable press conference on Tuesday. Chris, this is why you don't. This is why nepotism this, rules exist. Yeah, exactly right. It's hard to untangle this stuff. All right, we both have to get moving. Oh, jeez, went we really fast. Uh, real quick on Rudy, uh, you're throwing shade at me on Rudy. Yeah, because recently. people, you know, they conflate our two opinions over for our years of doing radio This is still getting together. talked about, our talks about Rudy. And you are the one that is rude about your your Rudy take, okay? As as per usual, I lead with my heart. I try to I try to be inclusive in my opinions and <laughs> yeah. and and bring everybody to the table. And you're you, just bringing everybody together. That's what Ross is all. That's what I've been known for. Made a living, made a reputation over on WHO with Jan White. <laughs> Rest his soul. We're all about being <laughs> inclusive over here, guys. <laughs> I won't even pull to say what's going to happen. So anyway, uh, some guy said the other day on Twitter, uh, "Does Ross Peterson need to?" Re- re- tweeting at Sean Roberts, "Does Ross Peterson need to remind you that Rudy is a fake movie?" I thought, I mean, this. Not only is this guy conflating my opinion with Chris's, but it's one of Chris's worst and most wrong opinions. Incorrect. Rudy is a real guy. Correct. He played for the real Notre Dame in a real yes. football game. He got a real sack and then was really carried off the real field by his real teammates. So why do all of his real teammates say it was fake? False. <laughs> one of his former teammates. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Joe, Joe, Colorado, Joe Montana, Montana. Yeah. Montana, Joe mm-hmm. Montana. I've mm-hmm. heard that name. Did they, so before does anybody have like photographs or video when the guys went in and turned in their jerseys and did all that? Do they, do we have any evidence that of that? It was the seventies. You think that they had, they had cameras in, in offices. Yeah. I we had cameras. We I had think video. that is one of the part of it, of it that is embellished. I think so. I think that's one of the parts that's embellished. The, the man is real. Yeah, very real. The story is semi-real. Yeah, for the most part, real. It I was, don't know if he worked was in a steel mill. It was embellished. <laughs> what about the guy that works at the stadium? He's always the jib. The, the black guy, the rock. Rock. Yeah. You ain't got to prove nothing to nobody but yourself. They, the entire story that... Was was one of the reasons why Notre Dame got so big in the '90s. All these kids you started true. was that's, completely that's big fabricated there. to I romanticize. Even, our I even minds. became a Notre Dame fan because yeah. of Rudy for a period of time. Then you, I have, a, I have a Daniel Rudiger jersey. I know you as well as anybody does. You of all people should be disgusted on how they manipulated you in the '90s. I should be by fabricating this entire situation. They played on my emotions. His, they don't even like him. This Rudy's supposedly a big dick. If you like read Google, it, he's an, he's yeah. a dick. He well, goes to these speaking engagements. He's a total dick to people. I've heard that. And you're going to just sit here and keep pounding your chest. I, like, I'm not it's, pound- real. it's real. It's real to me. It's still damn real to me. It. Damn it. It's still real to me. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's something about that. They did. You're, you've nailed it. They've manipulated my emotions. I should be pissed off about that, but I'm not. You usually are the one person that I can count on to see through this bullshit. I know. I know. 
I, and here I, you are. You're still pumping your have chest. My whole, have my whole passionate John Wayne. Golden Domers. See, and I, I, that, the, the Notre Dame thing faded pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know where. That, I, still, I, I, I still get sucked into the nostalgia of college football, though. Th- that I the, do. The pageantry. Yes, that, and, that's still a thing for me. You know, I, uh, I, had a great, I have a great relationship with my dad, but there is something about that scene in Rudy with his dad. Yeah. Walking in, and his dad is proud of him for it the first time. It was a great story That's that they the, told yeah. in the movie. And it turns out that, like, a lot of that stuff is This true. would be, like, the only like difference his, you know, is... His, his brother didn't marry his his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that was fabricated, too. Interesting. There's a lot of it that's fabricated. Um, this would be... You know, maybe now that we're talking about this out loud again for one last time, maybe, maybe I should rethink... I'm not going to burn my Daniel Rudiger jersey. It so means too much to me. This, this would almost be the same thing. The only difference is, so Days of Thunder, which is my second favorite movie of all time, was based on Tim Richmond. Yes. Remember Tim Richmond? Yeah. Great 30 for 30 on Tim Richmond if you haven't watched yep. it. It's only like 60 minutes. And Jeff Bodine. So Jeff Bodine was Rowdy Burns. Mm-hmm. The only difference in what we're talking about here is they changed their names. So that would me that would be like me being like, man... Wait, we're gonna wipe Tim or Cole Trickle out. It's no longer an icon. Man, did you see that movie about Tim Richmond? Do you see that? Like Tim Richmond's just a freaking icon NASCAR driver. Can you believe his his team had a stripper dressed <laughs> up like a cow? Did you know? Did you know that Tim Richmond and Jeff Bodine rented cars and just beat the shit out of them did, did on you, their way to a they dinner? Raced, they raced their wheelchairs down the hallways of the hospital. They, and, they were so and, competitive. And I have to live with these Notre Dame fans that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, it really happened. You know, he, he really, so, they, you know, yeah, no, I know they didn't turn in the jerseys, but the rest of it happened. And the guy, yeah, yeah, he's a total asshole and all of his former teammates hate him, but, but it's a great story and it inspires me, Ross. You'll love this. The, the the Days of Thunder scene where they're fighting in the hospital. Yeah. So that is a life-imitated art situation with Nate Diaz. The guy he was fighting was named Joe Diesel Riggs. Okay? They beat the hell out of each other in the fight to the point where each one of them ended up going... Are you serious? I'm not making up a bit of this. Look it up. Nate Diaz. This is a hard thing to make up. It is Nate Diaz, Joe Riggs, uh, hospital. How old story. was Nate Diaz at that? Point? We're gonna. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find it for you here, so I can. Oh, and of course, I'm connected to the 36 yeah. standard one. We're gonna get there. We're right. gonna get there. But yeah, this this thing basically, they beat the hell out of each other in the ring. Or maybe it was. It was one of the Diaz brothers. Went to the hospital. One of them found out. Like the Diaz brother was like, "Yeah, I got in a fight. I was in the." You know, I was in the UFC event, and the, one of the doctors is like, "Oh, the guy you were fighting is down the hall." Oh He's like, God. "Yeah, I'll be right back." And it was Nick Diaz and Joe Riggs. Yeah, you got me hooked on the Diaz brothers too. Those are my dudes. Fan, yeah, they're fast. Those are my dudes. guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, we both have to get going. Love you, man. Thank you so Love much. Love you for too. Thanks Anytime, for coming in. Tell Andrew I said hi when you see him. I will. Yep, I will do that. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Steeple Ridge Bourbon, uh, our Lonely Oak Distillery. Grain to glass, baby. Grain to glass. Uh, signing off from the Channel Seed Studios. He's Ross Peterson. I'm sure we'll have him back again. Anytime. My name's Chris Williams. Have a great rest of your week. Iowa everywhere.